Hello all, welcome to the Looter Ceasefire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 84, and today we will be talking about the earlier spoils from Cartoon Network UK, as well as the upcoming Into Deep event starting on May 12th. So there will be a lot of spoilers in this discussion, fair warning. I'm DC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm Hunter, and I will be your conductor on today's journey uh, alongside the hype train. All aboard! Choo-choo! We're going to be going through some steep territory, looking at all our our new leaks and stuff. Uh, so usually we keep away from the spoilers on this podcast, but with the with the new commercial that we, we've seen and what we know is coming in the five episodes that they're going to be airing during May and a little bit of June, I believe, uh, I think it's high time we finally discussed the videos. Yeah, that, that commercial is, like, super hype. Like, it is... Ugh. Yeah, it, it's, like, hype bait. It's my word yeah. for it. Hype bait. That's that's all it is. And, like, they have the thing playing in the background with uh, Pearl's part in the new intro. And it's... Ah! Like, there's gotta be a big reveal. Like, a big, big reveal. Like, something that nobody's been analyzing so far. Really? Because if the big reveal is that they're basically von Neumann probes, you know, self-replicating machines sent to conquer the universe, then I'm going to be really disappointed. Because that was well established, I think. Yeah, the Pearl, the Pearl going what we really are repeatedly, I'm pretty sure is going to be what the big reveal is, what they are. Yeah, it has it has to be. It's like they, they, they get down to the core and Steven uh, wakes up. It turns out it was the dream from Mario World 2. No, no, it's the architect's room from Matrix Reloaded. Oh. Yellow Diamond, and then all these monitors showing all the episodes of Steven Universe that were and could have been. No, it was all a battle simulation uh, aboard... Uh, no, the, not Yellow Diamond. The, for- Rebecca the Sugar. Forerunner's ship in Halo. I don't know. The what I, What got me in the commercial is Steven and Peridot take the drill down alone. That is irregular. I feel like that wasn't that might have been an accident. Yeah, like I can see they somehow activated the drill without the crystal gems becoming aware. I can see like a big rumble going on between the crystal gems and malachite like on upstairs while uh Peridot and Steven are like, "Oh, we got to escape." Well, that wouldn't make sense in any other show, but in Steven Universe, Steven has to be present in every scene. Unless yes, it's like a story or a flashback. But then it's being related to Steven. I mean, even with the Garnet versus Jasper fight, they added the conceit that Steven is watching this through a monitor. Hmm. They always maintained that. Yeah, and so that that's a thing that confused me, or at least was kind of curious about the, the one clip with Malachite versus Alexandre. Where was Steven? I think he shapeshifted himself into a watermelon Steven because oh! we're watching the fight then the watermelon Steven goes to rally the army and we're not watching the fight anymore we're watching an inspiring speech from a watermelon I didn't even think about that I ah! think that Steven shapeshifted into a watermelon Steven you would still see his gem though oh uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's possible <laughs> I don't know Steven is different than the other than the other gems we really don't know. Well, but his gem still has to be there. Yeah, I don't know if we can just, like, retcon all the other rules that apply to the other gems because, like, Steven's different. I think we 
think we still have to apply most, if not all, of the rules to Steven that everyone else has. Well, it's possible that they did a really good job of cutting that clip so that we don't see, you know, Steven going with Watermelon Steven, but it, I just think of all of the options that that makes the most sense. That would be pretty flippin' cool. Like, mmm, ah, uh, the Steven well has been too dry as of late. Well, okay, this is my question, though, about the watermelons. Like, it... it in the watermelon community, there were male watermelons, female watermelons, baby watermelons, and even a dog watermelon, like... And a grandma melon! And a grandma <laughs> melon! Like, can they have babies? Okay, I, I think... It. Apparently. Okay, honestly, I think this is one of those times where... I think this is one of those Steven Universe moments where we have to step back and, like, stop looking at it as Steven Universe and remember to look at it as a cartoon... Because there are some definite things where, like, this is canon, and this is them trying to tell a story, and this is a specific detail. But I think that specific thing is just them trying to be cute. Because it is pretty cute. Even if the watermelons aren't breeding, you know, normally, they could they could still have some way of growing new ones. And then you would have the baby, and they would just raise that child. So, Like robots? That one really old movie called Just Robots? Yes! Yes, the one with uh, Robin Williams in it. Oh. I actually watched that, I believe. But you build your own baby? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I suppose it could be something like that. Grow a child. But honey, the fun part is making the baby. Oh uh, that's what cracks me up. Of course, what I really liked about them all marching off to war was you have the husband and the wife tearfully hugging each other before the wife marches off to war. I noticed that. that. I like that kind of little, little gender swap <laughs> moment. I mean, usually the gender swapping on Steven is pretty subtle, but in this case, it's like they're like, yeah, we just defied conventional gender roles. Ain't that awesome? Yeah, that was pretty in your face. Yeah. I think the watermelons are definitely meant to be a massive parody of everything, and they're like... I kind of want to separate the the talk from Watermelon Steven from this, but, like, everything they do is, like, such a ridiculous thing taken super seriously. Like, you have the baby melon acting as, you know, Watermelon Jesus who dies for our <laughs> sins and everything is so ridiculous. <laughs> but they treat it as something that's so serious. And, and I, that's what I kind of love about the watermelons. Like, they're really this surreal thing. Yeah. They, they are, I don't know how to describe them. I don't... Me neither, Hunter. They they seemed... I'll, I'll say this, and I said this uh, the last time I was on the podcast about it being a poor choice of uh, story. But I think this being a very positive use of them in a story, of being convenient, of that, you know, they were causing... They were, first, they were causing the conflict, you know. Like, the whole conflict in Watermelon Steven originally was, uh, oh, they're fighting people, they're hurting people, and I can't control them. And, uh, you know, they just keep fighting. And then when it fights... Now then, it's hard to get them to yeah, fight. Now, yeah, and then they fight... That was pretty convenient for the plot. And then we got to the point where they beat up Baby Melon, and Steven got all angry. They just all... They didn't beat up Baby Melon. They They destroyed. Him. They turned him... 
They basically turned a cow into a steak. They turned baby yeah, melon into that a steak. lovely fruit bowl. I mean, you're not just gonna not eat the melon. Come on. Well, Let's that's be what I here. just the the watermelons like the sh- creators basically turned them into fruit and said, okay, since these aren't real people, we can make it as gruesome as possible. Yeah, yeah like, those are some pretty gory deaths Malachite was dishing out against them. Yeah, I mean, they just died. Like, that was probably a mother who had a family and was, you know, raising kids. She had, like, a wife and a promising career, and just Malachite just crushed her, crushed that melon mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, just merciless, it, and just, it's so gory and visceral, too, I love yeah. it. Yeah, well, they did a pretty good job of e-walking her for a little while there. Mm-hmm. I like the catapults. You can almost hear Malachite say, hey, that actually hurt a little. <laughs> it was, it was I think, cute. yeah, my, my be- the, the, one of the best parts of that little leak was Malachite's face after getting just nailed right in, in the stomach. Punched in the gut so hard. Mm. Oh, that was beautiful. No, what I really wish is that when Alexandrite fired her bow at Malachite, if instead of saying, you two need to spend some time apart, she should have just said, goodbye, like Stephen did in Shirt Club. Oh, it oh. would have been beautiful. I don't, oh. Mm. Maybe we can get it redubbed for the Blu-ray release. Let's redub <laughs> it. Fingers. Let's let's dub it ourselves. Yeah, the, the Lunar Sea Spire redubs. <laughs> it's exactly the same as the ordinary dubs, except for this one scene in this one episode. And it's just all like four. It's all five of us. It's like goodbye. <laughs> that is the well, only. Well, is a fusion, so it would only make sense for us to use a fusion of our voices mm-hmm. to do the redubbing. But also, the all the other change there would be was that every time Lars speaks, it's just fart noises. And every time Ronaldo speaks, it's even louder for noises. Like, if we're going to go... No, it would be quacking. Come on, we are a Ronaldo-respecting group. No. Yes. No. Sophia, you watch your tone, Missy. Um, I will will have you know. Uh, Sophia, why why are you trying to crank shame us? Crank shame? Sophia, we are no different than Ronaldo. We are... uh... Yeah? Well, we get more than one. We get more than one view. No, on no, stuff. I'm different than Ronaldo because, unlike Ronaldo, I don't have the self control to avoid spoilers at online leaks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ronaldo went yeah. totally dark for how long? Months, months and months. I mean, I don't blame him. It's dedication. Ugh. I bet. I bet he went dark for Star Wars. I bet that was it. I bet that was really it. I haven't gotten around to watching Star Wars, but I'm still no! about avoiding spoilers. You so have to be like, watch I'm gonna it. talk about the Star Wars, and I'm like, don't talk to me, I haven't seen it yet, and it's been, you know, almost six months. Yeah, you Sophia, you're it. like way past the statute of limitations on that. Like, come I, on. That's pretty, pretty bad. It's hard to get around to things, but um, back to the episode, I... You mentioned something about her firing the arrow, and something that I that really touched my heart was the arrow turned into garnet, amethyst, and pearl. Yeah, yeah. people so loved cute. that. It's I, just like I Rose's light cannon. Oh, but it was the three of them, like their teamwork and their love and support, and I loved it. And I'm just a big goober, and I and that that stuff always gets to me. 
Speaking of teamwork, love, and support, we finally got to see what they look like thanks to the commercial when they fuse. Short, sweet, and to the point. Ready to lay some whoopin'. Yeah, it's just pretty much like a hug. It's not that much different from what we saw in the fusion video. The we are the like the 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 the, the classroom gems. Yeah, the yeah. The it's essentially the episode. same. And so that's kind of like, like in the episode. True. True. I mean, Alexandrite is just a very functional fusion. Well, she did almost fall apart that one time. Those multiple oh, yeah, times. Keep it together. Yeah, after some battle damage. Oh, God. And I think Alexandrite has the power to launch a mouth laser, because we kind of saw her charging it up. Yeah, she was charging it. Oh, it was so cool. I wish we could have seen it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And they they put to good use Alexandrite's second dragon mouth. That was... <laughs> they used that well. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them. I'm just, I'm just glad I finally don't have to pretend that I haven't seen Alexandrite laying some beat down. Mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. finally gush about it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, the We Are the Crystal Gem book, when when they said Alexandrite had all of them as her weapon, they weren't joking. She has yeah, all of them. When they said all of them, they meant all of them. I'm, I'm still a little bitter about that. They didn't work in the gauntlets when it would have been perfect for her to put the gauntlets on during the punch, and she didn't use the spear. But everything else, even the combo weapons, she used all three of the combo weapons. Yeah, <sighs> and so how how many combinations is that? You have Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl we- Pearl's weapon, and then their fusion weapons, which is... So that's six, and then that's not even including yeah. Garnet and the fact that she's also a fusion. Mm-hmm. Oh, huh, that's interesting. Well, I mean, I don't think that Ruby and Sapphire... Well, Sapphire... I don't think Sapphire actually has a weapon. Yeah, I think, they, I think they've even confirmed as much on Twitter. Just like Lapis's weapon is her water manipulation, Sapphire... Is, is her future-seeing yeah, ability. It's, it's her magic. Mm-hmm. So Sapphire basically just levels up Ruby's gauntlet? Yeah, pretty much. Hey, I'll I mean, take that's, it. that's a pretty good theory. I don't know, maybe it does fit into that thing where gems don't have weapons. They sort of, like, make it on their own. Like, that makes sense. That, like, it could be re- and explained, like, every gem is the ability to create a weapon, but gems that aren't meant for war will never bother coming up with one. Like if we meet another Amethyst, maybe she'll have a poleaxe for a weapon or something? Yeah, hmm. I think it'd be kind of inaccurate if every amethyst had the same weapon that makes sense you know that would make sense because we've we've seen that the home world really likes to have external weapons and yeah rather than summoning their own they hate individuality but if each amethyst had a different weapon or at least had one of a few dozen weapons that would be a bit too much expression of individuality i think the only wrinkle with that is we have seen Jasper summon her innate weapons, so she's comfortable doing it. And she mm. seems to be about as homeworld as it gets. I think, like, there are ranks to these courts. And I think Jasper definitely shows quite a high ranking. Like, the way she presents herself and how she talks about the war. Like, she's definitely not a common soldier. She was a commander. And I think the higher in rank you are, the more of a right or an ability you have to be unique. 
I mean, she did get to have that cape, and that was pretty swag. Yeah, yeah, super, it like, was a fabric cape, which is, did she phase that on, or is this like real material? Yeah, like was that a part of her, or was that something that someone took time to make because she was like that high of a rank? I don't know, but remember in Logdate seven one five two, Peridot thinks it's weird yeah, to have I was clothing. About to bring that up. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, even if it was created, which I assume it is, that would, again, put Jasper at pretty high class if she has something that Peridot hasn't even really thought about. She sees it so little that she doesn't really lump it in that category because she has no category to put it in. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. But we spent all this time talking about the clip we assume is from Super Watermelon Island. Which, we okay, we can pretty much, like... We don't even have to say assume. We, like, it's from Watermelon Island. I'm going to call it. Super Watermelon like, Island? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's it has to be. I mean, robots shouldn't fight each other, but what about giant monsters? I think this episode clearly shows that they should fight each other. Or, you they know, should. as Malachi puts it, abominations. Yeah, but we do have another episode and with Lapis in it. So, you know, even if we didn't have that, we, we know that Lapis makes it out. Okay, I guess. My I mean... baby's coming back! <laughs> yeah, but she's not talking, which is yeah, very I, strange. What is, like, honestly, what's up with that? Like, I I don't know if that's a conscious decision, if that's, like, she can't talk anymore. I don't... Or she's just on, like, a mega silent strike, or is just super pissed. I think, I think she's super pissed. Like, she, she comes off as being really pissed yeah i think she's super pissed uh, at who and about what i'm not quite sure at we can paradot, assume... i'm gonna assume at peridot is pretty like yeah peridot tried to give her the give her a gift and she did not get the wow thanks she wanted yeah and we can assume that lapis destroyed peridot's recording device her yeah i think i think a big conflict here and we can actually see uh, how Lapis reacts to this conflict in the clip itself is that I think the main thing of it is that Steven is choosing to protect Peridot after all the stuff Peridot did. And that Lapis is like, what? She she is like literally an accessory to a warlord. And Steven's like, nah, dog. Nah. She's the great and lovable Peridot. But, but Lapis, the rain. It just takes Lapis's hands and just like spits on it. The rain, and that's. I like and you how can Lapis see... just. Hmm? Go ahead. Just steps forward and lays the beat down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was just like you know following them around, running because you know Stephen said so or whatever, and then it was just like this thing is a threat, and I'm just like, and and I liked how. Right before she was about to take it down, she looked back at Peridot. Like, that felt like a threat to me. I don't know. What I no, what I, I gathered from that, what I gathered from that was that Lapis was looking back and looking at Peridot and being like, well, huh, well, geez, I don't want to protect, I don't want to protect you, but I want to protect Steven and Steven trusts you enough. I'm like, She does it for him. And she would do it again. Honestly, I interpret it as Lapis hates Peridot's guts. <laughs> she does it for her. That is to say, she does it for she him. She does it for him. And I've been loving all the fan comics where Lapis is just like pure 
awful to Peridot, just hates her for, like, no <laughs> real valid reason, but just, like, seething hatred. I love them. I think they're hilarious. Yeah. I want them to be friends, but... I don't. It is kind of amusing. I don't. I want them to have, like, a Bugs Bunny and... I want them to be enemies first. I want them to have, like, a Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck kind of relationship. No. I want them to hate each other and then become friends. So can we all agree that based on that clip, it looks like that Peridot was right and that the roaming eye was there for her? I think it was there because of her, but not for her. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Because, I don't know, the first time I watched it, I got the impression that maybe Peridot was mistaken and it was there for Lapis, who is more important than Steven and Peridot are aware of. But... It's really hard to tell from the clip because you get precious little context. And the more I watch it, the more I think that, well, Lapis is stepping forward to take care of it, not because she's the one it wants, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's there for Lapis. I think it's there to figure out what the heck is going on with Earth. I don't know. We we can't really say, uh, given the context of, we can't really tell like what ha- what all happened before, only that Peridot's... Um, thing got broken and that she like just ran off well i don't know i think we can tell that they drilled down to the cluster because they see that big pool the lapis drew the water from that might have been anything though oh yeah you could be right but at the same time yeah that could also be anything no no no, wait because the cluster dig site is like by area 51 no, they they can dig at it from anywhere. They just have to know where it is and how deep it is, and then they can come at it from any angle. Yeah, but then it takes. They longer don't have to, to go to the beta kindergarten. And from the 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 trailer, the the teaser, we saw that they were digging straight down. Hmm. I mean, can we? Was it really zoomed out far enough for us to be able to get a good sense of that? I feel like it would be straight down. Like straight down seems the most appropriate. I thought the cluster was in like the core. Yeah, that's. She said in her little lecture in Back to the Barn that it was at the very center of the Earth's core, and then we find out no, 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 it's actually in the middle of the outer mantle. Well, how did we figure out it's in the middle of the outer mantle? Uh, Because of how deep it is, I'd I'd have to look it up, but it's definitely not. I mean, it even shows it Mm. as being around there. Where? Well, she said... In, um, what's it called? When they go to the diamond base in Message Received. Oh, okay. I but she God, says I almost forgot. Oh, I'm sorry. Episode. It could have been great, not Message Received. When she says, like, how deep it is, she says units. It's something, something units down. So there's no way for us to approximate what it is. It could be a mile or a foot or some space unit that we don't know about. Krebbles. Forty squebbles. <laughs> Forty schmeckles. You got, we have, uh, uh, 40 schmeckles, and this is worth 30 grumbles. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The It shows, it doesn't have anything to give us an indication of where each layer ends, but it definitely does not go to the center of the Earth, because you can see that the Earth is so curved, there's no way that's very far down. Yeah, and and also, the center of the Earth is very hot. New theory. No, the center of the Earth is very solid. Very, Oh, yeah, very because compressed. there's so much pressure. Interesting. And, no, but the funny thing is, is that Peridot uses 
plain old basic generic cookie cutter units to describe distance, but when it comes to pressure, she uses kilopascals. What the heck's a kilopascal? A pascal is like a unit of pressure, and a kilopascal is a thousand of them. Yeah, I mean that—that's basic science there. I Connor. guess I guess I didn't know what a what a pascal is. I, I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't know how you measured pressure. Did I mention I failed chemistry you twice? Pressure in like ten billion different ways. Oh, what? Did, it, it's great. It's great. Isn't it? Isn't it though? So you we had turbo a turbo nerds. Here. Okay, okay, shush, shush. You can call us nerds in a minute here. <laughs> shush. What so, have you figured out? Who killed Kennedy? <laughs> so there was a brief break during which uh, Sophia and I did a little bit of research, and okay. uh, Hunter has some choice things to say about us doing our research. But you turbo nerds. When Peridot gives her pressure and temperature numbers in back to the barn those are the that's the pressure and temperature in fahrenheit uh underneath or at, in the very center of the earth but what throws us is she says and it could have been great it's 2500 units underground and assuming she means miles that only gets you into the outer core of the earth and so but why would we assume she's using miles though well, because she used Fahrenheit for her temperature. Yeah, but she she used but she used like a metric thing. Well, she there's no the, imperial the... pressure unit. Yeah, I suppose. What do what do we measure? I thought we measured pressure in America with like um, pounds per square inch or something. There are all sorts That's of ways to measure one. pressure. Yeah, so I I don't know if we can safely assume that it's miles. Well, if it's kilometers, that's even farther from the inner core. Yeah, I'm assuming that the drawing in It Could Have Been Great wasn't to scale. Because well, yeah. I, I would, because if she's talking about the drill has to withstand the temperature and pressure at the very center of the Earth. Or at least up to. She probably has to. a pretty good idea that it's really close to the center of the Earth. Even if she can't remember exactly how far down it is, she knows it's close, but. Yeah, I think she's just basically saying she's preparing for the worst. Like, what is the absolute maximum amount that this drill has to withstand? You know, that picture shows it being far off. Hmm. And I mean, we see them in lava in the commercial. There's lava down there. Wait, where? At the... Hold on. When they're going down. You can see at the very end it has, like, coming May 12th. And then it cuts back to a thing where, like, a hand claps oh, yeah, onto yeah. the... You're right. Whose hand is that? Of the pod. Cluster. At first, I thought, at first I thought it was Garnet's. Then I realized, no gem. Yeah. Must be and a it's, mutant. It, it, yeah, maybe. I, at first, I thought it was Jasper because of the color, but then I'm like, ah, it's too, it's too small to be Jasper. It's definitely not Pearl. It's Cluster, mm-hmm. guys. What do you think they're growing the gems? You think the Cluster is like an actual, like, like a, like a uniform gem. Like, it's not like a monstrosity. No, like, it's the cluster prototypes. You might be right. Yeah, one of the forced fusions. That sounds about right. Okay. So, yeah, that was your, uh, that was your geek science. Uh, just Oy. from Sophia and me. Well. I don't know. This, I'm kind of geeking out about the in-too-deep thing. I mean, they're teasing us. Yeah, I mean, they, th- th- like, as I was saying, that teaser is hype bait. Like, they made that dramatic and intense. 
Hmm. I mean, Steven and Peridot alone, we have no idea why, but ooh, that that's ominous. It is. I mean, it is here, Steven and Peridot, you'd think that they would send like Pearl and Peridot or maybe Garnet and Peridot, but not Steven and Peridot. Yeah. Because Garnet and Peridot are buddies. You can't say they sent someone who they knew Peridot could work with because Peridot and Garnet have been getting on pretty well. Yeah. And Garnet and, or Peridot and Amethyst have also been doing pretty well together. I mean, heck, Amethyst could shrink herself down to the size of a cat and go in. There's not really much size constraint, so why is it just them? That weirds us out. It unsettles us, and that is the point of the commercial. If we assume that the rules for changing your gem size are the same for when you're growing and when you're shrinking, Amethyst couldn't hold a smaller size for super long. Yeah, but how long are they going to be down there? Remember, Steven's a human. He has biological needs. He has to eat, he has to drink, he has to go to the bathroom, so... I don't know. And besides, worst case scenario, Amethyst is sitting in their laps, so... That's just annoying for them, not something that they can't do if there's an emergency. Well, I also think, like, maybe this gem drill is... Like, for, like I'd have to go back and rewatch all the episodes with the drill to, like, gauge a size the best I can, but maybe it's pretty big. Maybe you can fit all the crystal um, gems in there, like, relatively... No, um, no, they're, they're no I'm looking at the interior. Yeah, I'm looking at the interior, and it's pretty small. Like, it comfortably fits Steven and Peridot, but I don't, uh, I don't think it could fit anybody else. And, I don't know. That's, that's assuming it was a conscious decision, and it wasn't just, like, it wasn't them, A, messing around in the drill, and then they accidentally get started, B... Jumping in the drill and escaping from trouble. Um, C. Unknown. D. All of the above. I really hope that it's not an oops, because they already did Peridot starting the drill as an oops in Too Far, so why Mm. would they do that again? I don't know, running gag? (laughs) That darn drill just starting all up and stuff. Mm. It's okay, it was just a drill. Oh, Jesus. Steven, you are solid gold. Yeah. Like, even even while so dizzy he's sick, he can still make a pun. It's wonderful. Well, I'm hyped. So, I don't know. I'm just really looking forward to this one. Alright, and what is the date that the Steven bomb is gonna drop? It is not a bomb. Make Thursday, May the 12th, at apparently 7pm Eastern... They will air two episodes to start us off, but then we'll have weekly episodes for a few weeks. Interesting. To, to finish do it, it off. Do you, do you think it's going to be a two-parter? Mm, well, probably, if they're starting it off. That means there are probably two episodes that go together. Maybe one where they find Malachite, and then another where they beat her up. But hmm. Maybe. Or maybe they'll start off with the cluster weirdness. I don't know. That seems like... That seems like end-of-the-run material to me, but who knows? Huh. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Ah, can't wait, though. Next week, we will be back on schedule talking about Watermelon and Steven. So that, that, that one will be unspoiler. This was us getting the spoilers out of our system. So we will manage to go an entire episode talking about Watermelon and Stevens without mentioning Malachite once. I don't know about that. Well, we'll try. We'll do our best. But until then, 
I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. I'm Hunter, and this has been a lovely ride across the countryside on the hype train. Choo choo! Leave us a review on iTunes. Exit on the doors to your left. Please uh, tell your friends all about us. Take my business card. Have a fun time. See ya! Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.